it's scary. Oh, it's scary. Oh, it's quite spooky. Am I dying because I'm a spooky person or because it is the morning? It's funny that you should speak in that kind of voice, but we'll get to that. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, you're going first then. Hmm. I'm going first while the bus is on here. I knew it. Selfish. Selfish Philippa going first. Always needing to talk. Constantly mm. interrupting. Mm-mm. Mm. Jess can't get a word in edgeway. Shut up, listen to me. (laughs) It's too early in the morning for spoop stories. Or I submit to you that these stories that we're going to do are so spooky that you need to get up earlier in the day because by the time it gets to night, it'll be too scary. So it's like we do it in the morning, then we're like, for the rest of the day. And then by the time it gets to night, you're fine because you've had a whole bottle of wine. And now you're okay. And you can sleep well with that. <gasps> Philip, let me tell you <laughs> last <laughs> night. Okay, so I've got this um, like rechargeable battery mm-hmm. thing. Like you plug in your batteries and it charges it. All well and good. I put it in and then completely forgot about it. Last night, brushing my teeth. We're still sleeping downstairs. So I go upstairs to brush my teeth and I'm alone. And this is a bad idea. And I turn around and like across the hallway in the spare room with the door open are just these two glowing eyes kind of like Ooh. set apart as if like a tiny demon is there watching me. And I absolutely fucking shat myself. And then I realized it was just my battery charger that has like two little lights on it. But for a moment, I did think I was going to die. I have the same way of thinking. Like I make sure before I go to bed that I don't hang up any dressing gowns where I can wake up and see them. Yes. Once I had this like wig. It was a costume wig. So it was already (laughs) a spooky wig. And I'd like hung it on my banister. And this was when I was a kid. So I used to, um, I slept in the loft. So I hung it on my banister and I woke up in the middle of the night and looked up and saw that wig and I was convinced that the ring monster was finally coming to get me. Did you say the ring monster? I did. I feared Samara as well. Um, I used to hate going downstairs to use the bathroom when I was um, living in digs in uni because I knew that, you know, Samara or Sadako or whatever you want to call her, that she lived in the living room just That's waiting. Right. <laughs> That film, The Ring haunted me more than any other film. I think it's because I was 15 when I saw it as well. And it was like the first horror film that ever scared me. But it scared me. Like it haunted me. I couldn't go to sleep without hiding under the covers for about a week because I was that (laughs) afraid. And I kind of miss that. No other film, you know, now that we're like old and ancient and we're ancient humans. (laughs) Did you like how I put the word humans in there? So it's recorded as evidence. (laughs) People think we're humans now. But um, yes, we're human beings with our regular human lifespans. But what I'm saying is that things don't really frighten me that much anymore. Like I watched Haunting of Hill House and Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, oh, this is, oh, oh, it's scary. Oh, it's scary. Oh, it's quite spooky. But nothing has ever driven me to that peak of fear. Until today, Philippa, maybe. (laughs) Until today. I used to have to be really careful about what I let into my brain. Yes. Because if I saw something horrifically scary, I would play it through my night. Words are hard in the morning. They are really hard. I would play it through my mind every night before going to sleep. Mm-hmm. And so the film from The Ring used to play through my mind yep. and the images of the people with their weird drowned faces. Yep. And then there was a film called The Midnight Meat Train, and it sounds like porn. <laughs> But there is a horrific moment where a man's tongue is ripped out of him. It's been more than 10 years, and I still play that through my mind every night before I go to sleep. Whereas now that I'm old, like new horror movies like Hereditary or whatever, Mm. that stuff doesn't stick as much. No, like I loved Hereditary. That's the thing about why I don't like Bly Manor as much is because in Hill House and things like Hereditary, the family dynamic is something that keeps the tension up. And I feel like a good horror film needs to like 
press down your coil so it's like ready so it's like oppressively just like pressing you down and down and down with its tension so you are constantly ready to spring and then it'll spring something on you something horrible and you're like i'm already really tense then it goes yeah but how about this and you're like no and you can't handle it because (laughs) you've been so oppressed whereas like blind manner is like crump it's some dancing and children and cute houses and flowers and then it's like oh and then there's like some dead guy or something and it's like well i'm not afraid because of the adorable children did you finish it in the end i have not finished it because i don't like it i don't currently want to watch things about loss because i'm experiencing quite a lot of personal loss right now and i don't want to i want escapism and so instead i've been watching sonic boom (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I'm the an eight-year-old boy. It's very frightening. The animation is terrible. <laughs> I mean, I, I appreciate that you're going through a hard time, but Jess, it's harder for me because I can't spoil things now. Why don't you think about my pain? You see, my problem is that I'm having to watch Bly Manor too much mm. because I completely binged it the day it came out. I was yes. up until four in the morning just watching it going, mm-hmm. well, I need to know what happens. Yeah, yeah. But then I'm watching it again with my partner because I binged it without him because he oh. goes to bed at like a human time. So <laughs> humans and their bedtimes. <laughs> So now I have to watch it again. Mm-hmm. But also my South African friends wanted to do a Netflix party. And they were like, what about Bly Manor? We haven't watched that yet. That's a lot. My entertainment came from pretending that I've never watched it before. Leah, I know that sometimes you listen to these episodes and I'm really sorry. <laughs> because <sighs> I was watching it with them and I was like, oh my god. I bet that this <sighs> thing is going to happen. <laughs> now are you... <laughs> Are you um, doing it on purpose? So it's like, I bet that Colonel Mustard killed them in the thing with the candlestick. And then they're like, you absolute genius. Or are you giving them Mm -hmm. red herrings? A little mixture of both. Mm, Ah, yes, yes, yes. You need to like earn their trust. Mm -hmm. You can't be too perfect or people begin to suspect. That's why sometimes I, you know, dampen myself down a little bit because otherwise people are like, is this person really a human being? Because they're so amazing and talented and, and great and... And also, my name is Jessica Byrne, the most perfect, uh, but I mean, not perfect, human. Is it, is it pronounced human? It might be human. human. It might be human. I'm not sure. I think it's more like human. Oh, is it like a heart? It, so it's a human. Human. Jessica Byrne, human. Look, like human tongues are difficult to manage. Mm-hmm. They sit strangely in just like having the one mouth that doesn't open very wide. Just lay like this pink fucking slug in the middle of your mouth. Speaking of pink fucking slugs, I'm Philippa Evans. <laughs> and you say you're Jessica Byrne, but are you really? Well... Or... Am I speaking to the thing that resides in Jessica Byrne? That said, I've always been fairly confident that you were possessed by demonic energies from the start. Oh, yeah. I I don't hide that. (laughs) (laughs) Which is exactly why when you came up to me and asked if I'd like to start a podcast with you, I said, get thee behind me, Satan. Yes, but then I hypnotized you. I glamoured you, as it were, and now you're still kind of under my thrall. You kind of opened your mouth and a snake came out. Mm. And I was like, "Mm, sold. Mm. Yeah, and I was on the ceiling at the time. So we were at eye level (laughs) because the ceiling was quite low. But, you know, it was weird. It was when you started banging your head violently against said ceiling but I was like Jesus Christ I'm never going to get a moment's fucking silence if I don't just give in to your demonic demands I'm skittering around the ceiling and banging my head and you're like I said yes (laughs) fine but let's not reminisce on our own horrific past you see I actually need your help oh okay speaking from one human to another definite human it's a human human yeah you see I I know this guy who's got a few medical problems but it's quite tricky to diagnose him and I think I need some otherworldly knowledge okay right this is everything's awful forever by the way (laughs) we've been really bad at introducing this podcast from the start fucking know by now because we're discussing (laughs) famous already all three of you listening (laughs) look look when you click on the episode 
the podcast name is there. So I have always wondered about that. Like, who is like just like got podcasts set to random, and then they're like, "What? Pray tell us this delightful <laughs> romp." It's like you picked it. You you pressed play. Apple Podcasts does not have a shuffle option. So my friend's name is William Summers. And he lives in Nottingham. Mm. To be fair, it was also back in 1597, so he's already dead. But mm-hmm. Oh, and Robin Hood is running around and causing loads of problems for the king and all that. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you and I aren't bound to linear time, uh-huh. so I feel that we can still help him. Yeah, okay, yeah. So here's his symptoms. First glance, you'd think he was pretty healthy, really. He's definitely got the strength of six men, which he proved when he fought off that number without breaking a sweat or even his cheeks getting a little bit red. Oh. But his weight kind of fluctuates. Like, sometimes it feels like his body becomes really heavy, too heavy for people to lift. Or sometimes just a body part becomes really heavy. Oh. There's also this lump that at least 11 other people have seen. It's like the size of an egg yolk or a small mouse that kind of just sits between his skin and his flesh. And what's creepy about it is that it runs up and down his body. (gasps) One person said that it ran from leg to leg, then to his toe, belly, ear, cheek, throat, tongue, and eye. And when it reached his eye, the color of his eye changed. And wherever that lump is in his body, that part becomes really heavy. So that's weird, I think. Like, is that a normal human thing? I don't think so. I'm not sure. Look, I'm an expert on humans, but... I have my doubts. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, he actually seems to be infested with something. When he lays in bed at night, it looks like small animals are, like, running under the blankets over his body. Oh, no. And the bedsheets flutter about. And one one of the people looking at him, they kind of grabbed that thing, the little lump under the bed. But when they snatched down on it, it felt like a puff of air. And then the blanket just fluttered down again and suddenly... It rose up again and continued running. <gasps> so that might be a pest. Like, he can get an exterminator for that. Yeah, yeah. But it, it gets worse. Sometimes his mouth just hangs open oh. and his tongue crawls to the back of his throat. And in this weirdly deep voice, he speaks without moving his mouth. Echo sum rex. Echo sum deus. <laughs> I'm a human, so it's hard for me to make that noise. Uh, so basically saying in Latin, I am king, I am God. <gasps> and at other times, his mouth shuts tight again, but still this deep voice emerges from him, talking for like 15 minutes at a time. Oh, okay. Sometimes foam pours from his mouth, just hanging <gasps> down at unnatural lengths, and people keep like mopping it up. <laughs> But it just keeps pouring out of him like a slavering bear or horse. Sometimes he's seized by violent convulsions that throw him against like a chimney piece with such force that you'd think that his neck is broken. But then he just gets up again. But then the force throws him into a fire. But then he emerges unscathed. It's, it's weird. I feel that that's also not quite a human thing. No, that's normal for us. I mean, no, it's not. But not for humans, though. No, they're pretty fragile from what I hear. They're quite flimsy. Sometimes his hands, his eyes, or his face just turn black. <laughs> Okay. And it takes slowly they return to their natural color, but you can be looking into his eyes and suddenly it'll just darken. Oh. Or sometimes his tongue swells to the size of a calf's. <laughs> and his eyes bulge like the eyes of a great beast. Oh, wow. And oh, sometimes his head just turns completely around so that oh. he can look behind him. Okay. Um, that's normal though. Oh, no, I'm thinking of owls Uh. (laughs) he's an owl (laughs) (laughs) and then the last thing is that sometimes he just shrieks with multiple voices all at once oh yeah i mean same yeah i mean (laughs) like we only have one voice (laughs) apparently one sounds like a bear or one sounds like a boar and the other is just this tiny little quiet voice how can you shriek quietly You've never done anything quietly in your life. (laughs) 
So those are his main symptoms. What do you think his problem might be? I think he is an owl. We've had that before in one of our Patreon episodes. It sounded like a vampire story, but actually they were it just, just turns out it was an owl. This isn't a horror story. This is an owl story. <laughs> yes, I think, yes, that he might actually be an owl. Am I right? I'm a human, so I don't know much about owl biology. <laughs> so I'm happy to take that under consideration. Yeah. His doctor took one look at him and said, kill it with fire. <laughs> Which to be fair, so would I. You would just need to demonstrate one of those symptoms around me and I'd be like, that's it. We just need to set everything on fire. The house, the village, Nottingham, it all needs to go. I I love the mental image that he just is like slowly shuffling in zombie like fucking just like oozing foam from his mouth as his eyes are like <laughs> strobing in and out normal black and then just like hmm I diagnose you with uh fucking kill everything with fire the cure is fire <laughs> for me so that I don't have to suffer <laughs> your horrors anymore goodbye world so William Summers wasn't doing well he shrieked in his fits he contorted his body he exhibited symptoms that made any doctor look upon him and go that's above my pay grade goodbye <laughs> and so an exorcist John Darrell was called in he and 150 other people prayed for Summers and the devil left the young man. Oh. There isn't a happy ending to this, though. Oh. Satan wasn't done with Summers. Mm. But I'm going to get to his fate at the end of this episode. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm experimenting with cliffhangers. I love it. So in case you haven't guessed my topic, I'm talking about d -d 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 demons. Quick, Ooh. sing the Exorcist theme song. Oh, there's a scene. In three voices. Uh, we're going to get away some demons, get away some demons, no <laughs> demons today. That's the song of the Exorcist. I'm an exorcist and I'm okay. I exorcise <laughs> demons <laughs> every day. <laughs> I was expecting you to kind of go with but I just kind of randomly wrote down in my notes your mother sucks cocks in hell and I think I was thinking about the exorcist at the time but I don't know where I was going with that. Or you were just temporarily possessed for a little moment. Strix did call me in terror for a while but then it was like ah no 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 never mind it's normal again. False alarm. He was suddenly like Jess Jess please help me. Wait I'm okay now. I'm going to go. So in particular, I'm looking at demonic possessions in early modern Europe, so kind of roughly 15th to 17th centuries. These centuries saw religious reform amongst both the Protestant and the Catholic faiths. They were just having a fun time, <laughs> really. That's when I think religious reform, I think fun. Yeah, same. And with these reforms, there was a corresponding surge in the numbers of the demonically possessed. Because it's a fun time. And the demons were like, I want to get in on this. Yeah, and, and God's all like angry. Like, can you just fucking stop killing everyone in my name? Did you read the Bible? Literally don't do that. <laughs> and they're all doing that. And so he's like, you know what, Satan? Get after it. Fuck <laughs> these guys. <laughs> they're idiots. It's difficult to gauge just how many cases of demonic possession there were, but it definitely went into the thousands. Oh, shit. Sometimes it affected over 100 people at a time. Oh. So, like, in 1593, over 150 adults and children were possessed in the Silesian town of Friedeberg. Sometimes it, it felt almost like a sickness just running from one person to another. Like the dancing plague. Like the dancing plague. And what's interesting is that people today still very much believe in demonic possessions. Yeah. Like when I lived in South Africa, it was common to see advertisements from magical practitioners who offered exorcisms, penis enlargements, abortions, and also, I think, magic to punish adulterers. Huh. That's quite cool. I'm in for it. I do love that two of those things are very physical and measurable, though. So <laughs> it's like the demonic <laughs> possession and the adulterer punishment. Yeah, I can see that. But two of them are like, you could see in your body. If it doesn't work, then... My penis is big enough. Yeah. So I didn't really have any opportunity. I mean, I did go to one and it is... It's actually unmanageably enormous now. I <laughs> fucked it up. It's too big now. <laughs> You've just got to tape it down and yeah. hope that nobody notices. Yeah, like I was walking down the street once and had a, an erection and there were no survivors. Somehow getting back to my notes is difficult after <laughs> all that dick talk. <laughs> 
I was like, and it's considered real amongst other religions. And Jess's dick or... Oh, demonic possession. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There we go. So that's considered real among other religions as well. Yes. Including both Protestant and Catholic Christians. What, my dick? <laughs> Sorry, <I was> like, <laughs> look, your dick needs an exorcism. Okay. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah. I take a look at it sometimes and I'm like, that needs a priest. <laughs> so w- kind of what I'm getting at is that exorcist is still something that you can put on your CV. Mm. And I do. Oh, yeah. But we're approaching this from a secular perspective for this episode. And modern secular explanations for demonic possessions kind of come down to two different things. The first is that the demoniac, which is the term that you give to the person allegedly being possessed. Oh my god! Demoniac. Demoniac. The first explanation is that they are deliberately faking the possession. (laughs) Yeah. The second explanation is that the demoniac was actually someone with a mental or a physical illness that may have made it look like they were being possessed by some kind of outside agency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Today, we wouldn't really say that someone's possessed by demons. Well, you and I would, but other people would say that they have catatonic schizophrenia or Tourette's syndrome or epilepsy or ergot poisoning or depression. Like, there's a long list. Yeah. According to Brian Levick in The Devil Within, the most popular medical explanation is disassociative identity disorder. Oh, yeah. Which is also the most popular illness to fake on TikTok from what I've seen. (laughs) TikTok proves that we all need an exorcism. Nothing has made me feel like an old person, like looking at TikTok videos. I know. I'm just... I feel like some kind of boomer sitting there going, I just don't get it. And I'm a millennial and I almost exclusively watch things on YouTube now. <laughs> <laughs> so our brains do a fuck ton of quote unquote abnormal things, which today we understand through the lens of modern medicine and psychology. But back in the day, back in my day, they would have interpreted through a religious framework. Yeah. So we've got fraud and illness as our two modern explanations for demonic possession. And as explanations go, they're pretty plausible. They probably do account for a number of possession cases, but they don't cover everything. For example, like I said, demonic possession often seems to be like a plague itself with whole communities being possessed at a time. Sometimes an entire family, sometimes a full nunnery. Ooh. Sometimes an entire village. I love the like the contagious demonic possession. That's such a cool idea. Oh, and it really did spread. A possession that I want to cover in a later episode involves a whole bunch of children <gasps> getting its children and servants. And at the beginning, one of the child children is like, there will be more. And oh. then it just spread out. <laughs> but that's for another time. Because oh, I, I, I want to ramp up with this. Okay, great. Like a good horror movie. Ooh. So when it hits an entire nunnery or village, can we really say that everybody had the exact same mental or physical illness? Can we ascribe it to a case of mass hysteria, like the dancing plague of 1518, which Mm. I discuss in episode 21 and 22, I think, approximately, because our way of numbering episodes borders on the occult. Like, you (laughs) think it's going to make sense, and we're going to go from, like, one, two, three. We do not. No, we start at two, and then it goes a bit weird in the middle, and then there's a bit where we went from episode 68 to 71, and 74, and then 69, and now... (laughs) Who knows? This is a history podcast, not a math podcast. (laughs) Furthermore, a number of early modern demonologists saw no problem with acknowledging that the demoniac might be physically sick. As they said, Satan is the cause of all disease, and he uses disease to his own ends. So the demoniac may well have epilepsy or melancholia or hysteria, all of which had both physical and supernatural interpretations. Like, epilepsy is famously called the sacred disease, Hmm. while melancholia in the 4th century was called the black dog, the mind's canker, the noonday demon, and famously, the devil's bath. The devil's bath. (laughs) I always assumed that the devil's bath required those black jelly bath bombs that you get from Lush. Well, you got me one of those once and it was the best thing ever. I like lowered myself into this like (laughs) this 
ichor, this black ichor from the gods oozing darkness. And I was sat there with my wine like, yes, this is right. This is right and good. (laughs) I am home. I like to just, I put them in the bath and it makes the jelly bath. And then I just sink into it up to my eyeballs. And I Mm. pretend that I'm a Kelpie just waiting to drag somebody down (laughs) into the watery depths. Good use of the word pretend there, Philippa. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a human does. Like a human pretending not to be a hideous, <laughs> shape shifting monster. <laughs> That's not ridiculous. I'm laughing. I'm laughing humanly. <laughs> That's how you do it, right? That's how it goes. You can just see us sitting in the dark going, and that's laughing, right? (laughs) So uh, I couldn't find any explanation as to why melancholia was called the devil's bath, (laughs) but I assume that it refers to the black bile that was thought to cause melancholia. Yeah. Or I guess that it's sort of like you are submerged in the sort of mire of depression kind of thing. Very poetic. I also think that it refers to the belief that Satan used melancholy to move men to despair and suicide. Oh, hmm. So I'm, I'm, all that kind of goes towards it. Noonday demon, I'm not sure at all. Is that just like when you're drinking before 12? <laughs> and then that just, sadness settles upon you. Just having a bit of noonday demon, mate. So regardless, I think that the devil's bath is metal as hell. Yeah. And next time I feel a little bit down and people ask me if I'm sad, I'm just going to reply in a Norwegian troll voice that I'm drowning in the devil's bath. (laughs) Like humans do. Some demonologists thought that sicknesses such as melancholia, hysteria, and epilepsy caused demonic possession, like they opened the doors to it. Mm. Others thought that they were symptoms of demonic possession, so being possessed by a demon gave you these sicknesses. But later on, the diseases came to replace the diagnosis of demonic possession. For example, in my episode on hysteria, I talk about the French physician Jean-Martin Charcot, So Charcot noticed the similarities between the hysterics in his care and historical descriptions of witchcraft and demonic possessions. And he retroactively diagnosed those demoniacs with hysteria instead of demons. Hmm, okay. But now that we're more skeptical about hysteria as a condition, we retroactively diagnose Charcot's hysterics and historical demoniacs with a whole smorgasbord of physical and mental ailments. So it just goes on forever. Yeah. Speaking of ailments, though, yeah. shall we see what the orphans are up to at the workhouse? Oh, yes, let's do. Oh, so, Sarah, twist your head around this instant. If God meant for us to be able to look at our own bottoms, he wouldn't have put them behind us. Mm-hmm. That's for me to enjoy on other people. (laughs) Thank you very much. If we could all look at our own bottoms, then we wouldn't have as many children to creepily get possessed. (laughs) Jonathan, keep vomiting up pins. We can sell those. That's fine. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, keep doing that. Yeah. So it's been quite quiet on our side over the last week. I'm on holiday and that means I'm doing no work. Mm-hmm, yeah. And when that happens, I think it's nice to shout out somebody else. Yeah. People who are working harder than us, maybe. Yes, most definitely almost everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been listening to Skeleton Songs lately, which is a podcast by Lottie Bevan and Alexis Kennedy. They're actually indie game developers who made my favorite game in the entire universe called Keltist Simulator, which... As a demon overlord, mm-hmm. I want to train my human cult to worship me correctly, and I've just found it so useful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, definitely. They also used to work on the Fallen London browser-based game, which you can still play online, and it's the best game ever. Everything's the best thing ever. Was that <laughs> sentence? Was that words? I'm yes. drinking cider early. Drink your noonday demon and let's go. So seriously, go and check out all of that. If you like our pod, I think it might just be the thing for you. Mm. It'll teach you how to worship us as your demon. <laughs> The podcast itself, Skeleton Songs, looks at gothic tropes and spooky stories like vampires and doppelgangers and medieval monsters. It's very, very good. As for us, if you want to support our pod, there are a lot of ways to do it. 
sacrifice small but inconvenient animals to us on a regular basis. Mm-hmm, yeah. Whisper our names at noon while drinking. Yeah. Tell your friends about us. That also makes a really big difference and we really appreciate it. Tying your friends to a railway track and playing our episodes while a train hoots ominously in the distance. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't do as much for our growth, but it definitely pleases us. But it is very fun for you also, so everybody wins in that situation. Or if you want to support our Patreon, you can visit patreon.com forward slash awful forever podcast. At $5 a month, you get two episodes. Damn it. At $5 a month, you get two extra episodes each month, and it really helps us continue doing what we do. I've got very expensive books on epilepsy that I want to buy for an episode, but I'm poor. We really love making this podcast, but it takes a fair amount of time and money, and really your support means so much to us. So please do check it out if you can. Okay, so I see that one of the orphans has fallen down the stairs. I think that the demons have won this round, so I think we need to just shut the door quietly and leave. Are these are these orphans all write-offs? Do we need new ones? I mean, look, it's very easy to get orphans. You just kill their parents. It's not hard. People are like, where are you getting all these orphans from? <laughs> well, it's a problem that solves itself in a way, you know? <laughs> Okay, so we've talked about uh, mental illness a little and why it might not necessarily perfectly work as an explanation. Mm-hmm. But what about the fakers, the posers, oh, the wannabes, those who were possessed probably after it became cool? Yeah. Demons are such fucking hipsters. It's so 2000 and late. Everyone's speaking English, but they want to chat in Latin because it's mm-hmm. retro AF, apparently. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm, I'm going to go on TikTok. Blah. Did you just turn your head <laughs> 360 degrees? Yeah, dude. Do it for the gram. <laughs> I would watch the fuck out of TikTok if it was possessed by de- Oh, you know what? No, that's a lie yeah, because yeah. I look at TikTok and they're all pretending to be demons. Yeah, and it's obnoxious as fuck. <laughs> We are old. Yeah, we're old. That's fine. We're we're a timeless entities. It's fine to be old. <laughs> if you're over 2,000 years, it's okay to hate TikTok. Mm. So a person might want to fake demonic possession for a number of reasons, including, apparently, your TikTok For the grams. <laughs> <laughs> One big reason was that you weren't actually liable to criminal prosecution for anything that you did while under the influence. Oh. Oh my god. Oh no. Does that still hold up? I'm currently I'm currently robbing a bank. Please tell me it holds up. Or perhaps you're just poor and want a bit of an edge when begging for arms. Because people were very sympathetic towards demoniacs. Oh, okay. Or maybe you have a grudge against somebody and you want to accuse them of having caused your possession, because that is a crime. Initially, it was believed that a demon could only possess someone with God's permission, as if he's some kind of supernatural Oprah just handing out demons. Also, fuck it. I mean, when it's Satan, I can kind of understand, because, you know, they sneak in, they do some kind of nasty demon shit. But God is the fucking worst. If you have to go up and be like, please, my lord, I'd like to make that person vomit and die. And he's like, <laughs> I shall allow it. To- what a dick. <laughs> Thanks, God, I hate it. But as the witch hysteria took hold in Europe, it also came to be believed that a witch could ask the devil to possess someone else. Well, that makes sense. So there could be some serious motives behind claiming demonic possession. Mm. And these kind of motives would lead both Catholics and Protestants to be just a little skeptical about the whole shebang. Mm. Catholic authorities had a lot on their plate. They also needed to investigate claims made by people saying that they were possessed by angels or God as well. So Catholic authorities, their their investigations would have to cover firstly whether the possession is real or not, mm-hmm. as well as whether it's holy or infernal. And I'm not really going to go into holy possessions because my readings didn't really cover them in huge detail, but the fakers were pretty interesting. For example, um, fasting is more common to holy possessions than infernal ones. Right. Although it does occur in both. So those possessed would go without food for months at a time, hmm. with God apparently keeping them alive in good health in an ecstatic state. Hmm. So what I'm saying is it's like keto. <laughs> 
<laughs> so the Catholic Church would have to try and find out whether or not the possessed were having these secret midnight Ben and Jerry's binges, because a lot of them did. They wouldn't eat while people were watching, but then as soon as you turned their back, they were like, <laughs> pizza. <laughs> this episode has been sponsored by Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> I wish. Whereas demoniacs claimed that the forces possessing them wouldn't allow them to eat. Like, Satan was literally clamming their teeth shut. Oh, shit. You'd think it'd be the other way around. That it would be holding their teeth open? Because, I mean, like, Satanism... Not Satanism. Satan is all about, you know, sin and stuff. And isn't gluttony a sin? So, you know, Ooh. eat the fucking 12 pies. That's what I say to kind of excuse the seven brownies that I ate last night. Yes. It was Satan next to me going, do it. It's like all your lusts. <laughs> Rub the brownies over you. <laughs> A young demoniac called Elizabeth Throckmorton, she's one of the children that I really want to speak about in a different episode. She wasn't able to take in any food at all. Oh. Her jaw was clenched so her jaw was clenched shut so tightly that they couldn't even force a quill between her teeth to let in some milk. Why are they poking her with a quill? <laughs> Just stabbing a hedgehog into her face like it. <laughs> That's scary. It's common nowadays, although not necessarily correct to diagnose those who attributed their fasting to holy and infernal entities with anorexia nervosa. Other examples of faking holy possessions included mutilating yourself to simulate stigmata or claiming mm. to have visions, and the church used to test them accordingly. But as for those possessed by demons, they were also tested to see if their symptoms were real. So what were the symptoms that you had to test? The symptoms of demonic possession. Mm. Podcasting. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, shit. <gasps> Belief in fundamental human rights. Oh, oh my God. I do all those things. In fact, I'm going to play D&D at two today. I got all my information from conservative Facebook Christian groups. That's That oh. was pretty much my research, just so I, everyone knows. Right. Okay. Actually, there were so many damn symptoms, and you didn't have to have all of them to be considered possessed, although you did have to demonstrate, like, more than two. Okay. So the symptoms fell into physical and behavioral categories. One behavioral symptom was the ability to speak in a variety of languages, which <laughs> the demoniac would not have previously known. Right. Okay, that makes more sense. Or at least to understand them when they were spoken. Demons seemed to like Latin best, as it was the language of the church, and therefore considered the best for dissing Christianity. Mm -hmm. Also, it just sounds cool as fuck. It's just cool. As a result, Latin was sometimes called the devil's tongue. I'm just going to start calling. I'm just going to prefix everything with the devils. <laughs> but demoniacs could also sometimes speak in Greek and Hebrew, as well as other languages. All of which I studied. I mean, like, you never know when you might need to simulate a demonic possession to get out of a social engagement. This is my tip for everybody. Like, if you're going to go out for drinks with friends and you don't feel like it, just start going, and they'll just let you out of it. It's fine. Rectus. Dominus. And so one test for legit possession was to ask the demoniac questions in these languages to see if they could understand and answer. It was just super awkward for everybody when that didn't happen successfully. Like, mm. no one wants to be possessed by a stupid demon. Yeah. So next symptom. Vomiting up weird objects. Okay. Iron, coal, brimstone, nails, needles, wax, hair, whole eggs, dog's <laughs> tails, live eels, ah! you name it, demoniacs have vomited it up. Oh, I coughed up an entire Dalmatian yesterday. Where does that fall in? <laughs> that comes straight from hell. Great. Anne Gunther, an admitted faker, could only vomit up pins, but apparently they came out of her nose, her <gasps> mouth, her chest, and in her oh. urine. Oh. And I know she was faking, but just the thought of peeing needles. Yes, what the fuck? A girl from Beckington in England vomited up 200 pins, which is the record. While a girl from Louvain apparently vomited up 24 pounds of liquid in a single day. What the fuck? While another demoniac in Germany was said to vomit up 400 chamber pots of blood. Oh, fuck. 
And look, I think the elephant in the room that we need to address is that sometimes people recording this exaggerate. Yes, it's, it's sometimes n- like numbers are hard to see. And so sometimes it could be just 20. But you're like, oh, there's <laughs> fucking a billion things. That it's like, no, no, it's less, it's less than you think. Another symptom was becoming light enough to levitate oh. or heavy enough so as nobody could pick you up contortions and muscular flexibility is another well-known one so like Mm -hmm. the exorcist girl spider walking down the stairs the creepy violins playing in the background people bending backwards into hoops there are stories of nuns in convents bending over so far backwards that they started licking the floor oh fuck that freaks me out i don't know what's touched that floor Alternatively, there's the opposite, which is becoming super rigid so that nobody could get you to move your limbs. Mm. Swelling was another terrifying symptom. Tongues becoming as big as cow's tongues, eyes popping out of their sockets, stomachs blowing up to pregnancy sizes. At least two of those things are fetishes. (laughs) (laughs) Loss of bodily function is another one. So becoming blind, deaf, or just looking like you've died. People were reported to become cold and not breathe and just look like a corpse for a while. I call those Wednesdays. It's a human thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Preternatural strength was another bizarre symptom, as mm. well as convulsions that could last for hours, and feelings of pain like ants crawling all over you, or needles pricking you, or flesh being torn from your body. I love that it's preternatural as well, so it's not like you're the fucking Hulk, but it's just kind of like, you lifted that table really easily, Greg. There's one story of a... Young girl, I think. I didn't write this down, but she was said to have lifted this heavy urn using just her two pinky fingers. Oh. So, like, that kind of bizarre thing where you're like, Ooh, that would have hurt. Yeah. As for the more behavioral symptoms, I've mentioned speaking different languages. There's also the demonic voice itself, which was much deeper and came from the belly and sounded quite bestial. Sometimes it seemed like the demoniac was just a sock puppet for Satan, which is my new band name, Sock Puppet for Satan. (laughs) And it would be this weird act of ventriloquism in which the person's lips wouldn't move while they were talking. You could claim knowledge of things happening far away or in the future. Acting immorally or crudely, blaspheming, saying dirty things. Basically us, IRL, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Demoniacs also acted strangely around the sacred. What's interesting is the distinction between Catholic demoniacs and Protestant ones. Catholic demoniacs showed fear or anger or disgust around sacred objects like crucifixes. Mm. Well, Protestant demoniacs, because remember, Protestants didn't like that potpourri and the fancy hats and the incense swinging around and the glitter and all the rest. And the showmanship and the fabulousness. Come on, babe, we're gonna paint the town with demon blood. <laughs> so they hated all of that. They believed in the holiness of the Bible. So... For them, the sound of scripture might make them angry, or they might refuse or be unable to read the Bible. And this just reminded me of you a little bit. Okay. When the Bible was mentioned to a group of demoniacs called the Lancashire Seven, they started laughing and said, reach them the bibble, babble, bibble, babble, which (laughs) I think proves that you are not a human. Mm Mm-hmm. Wait, proves that I'm not. Oh, shit. I think we got you. Oh, fuck. And it's the sheer variety of symptoms that argues against a purely medical approach to demonic possession. Because we might want to look backwards in time and retroactively diagnose a demoniac with Tourette syndrome. Mm. And that would explain the spasmodic movements and the blasphemous cursing. But it doesn't explain the vomiting up of live eels. Mm. You can explain that with something called allotriophagy. I think that's how it's pronounced. Ooh. It's, it's a form of... It's a form of pathological swallowing Hmm. but that's not going to explain the feats of inhuman strength so demonic possession was this protean phenomenon that can't be neatly pinned down by a single mental or physical illness yeah and like don't get me wrong i don't really believe in demons except late at night when i have to walk barefoot to the bed and i just know something's waiting to grab my ankles from beneath yeah and the shiny 
The shiny battery pack that you forgot about is lurking in the dark, so it looks like two little eyes peering out at you. Look, I once went to my parents' bedroom when I was at an age that I will not disclose because it's embarrassing. Mm -hmm. But I went to my parents' bedroom and there was a vacuum cleaner in the corner of the room. And I thought it was my brother just rocking back and forth (gasps) in the darkness. And I screamed and ran back to my room and slammed the door. But my dressing gown was hanging on the door and I thought it was my mother having hung herself from my door. So, <laughs> I just, I fucking hate the dark. That's where the demons live. They do live. That's where I live. I mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> But aside from those times, I don't really believe in demons. But I think that when we try to find a universal answer to something, so like faking (laughs) or mental illness or whatever, I think that that can make us miss what makes the past so interesting. Mm, And so in my next episode, I want to take a look at a few more demonic possession cases in much closer detail and also look at some other explanations behind the phenomenon. But... You'll remember William Summers, William our possessed Summers. friend. What's happening to him? When I when I last looked at him, he was being he was successfully exorcised by Daryl. And everybody was very impressed with Daryl, and they made him a preacher at St. Mary's in Nottingham, which is good for him. Everything was going great. Satan, gone. Daryl, pretty successful now. Great. But not everyone in the community believed that the exorcism had been real. Hmm. It was suspected that Summers and Daryl may have been faking the exorcism to further their own ends. <gasps> they are flimflam men. They were fraudulence. And in the end, Summers would admit to having committed fraud a number of times, <gasps> saying that Daryl had actually taught him how to simulate a demonic possession. But how did he do the things with his eyes and like all that stuff? How did he indeed? But... Apparently, he made these admissions under physical duress, which is what the text said. And I take that to be a euphemism for torture. Yes. I couldn't be sure, but I I thought I'd just leave a hanging there. It's not someone just like poking you with a ruler, like, go on, mm, go on, until you're like, tell us, tell us, stop it. But Summers said that it was something more sometimes. Because sometimes he said that he'd been faking it, but other times he would tell stories of how Satan would come to him in the form of a mouse, saying that if Summers didn't let him re-enter him, he would hang for blasphemy. Because remember, if he was really committing fraud, he'd claimed to be God. Mm. So Summers went through this continual cycle of saying that he was faking it and then saying that he hadn't faked the possession, he'd just been faking faking the possession. (laughs) And it caused a lot of controversy and fear in Nottingham, where there were just so many different opinions on what was happening and so much fear. Finally, in 1598, the Archbishop of York sent a commission of 12 men to investigate. At this stage, Summers claimed fraud, and he showed them his ability to simulate the symptoms of possession. I wish that it said how he did it, but I guess we'll never know. (laughs) Yeah. But he was so convincing that even though he was admitting to faking, the council believed his possession to be genuine. Well, I mean, I think that's the thing, though. Like, when I possess someone, I mean... Uh, never mind, scratch, edit that out. But like, you would be like, I'm totally faking it. Yeah, I'm perfectly healthy and fine. <laughs> They'd be like, is is your eye t- turning black? Yes, I'm faking it. Yes. Is is that a mouse running up and down under you? Yeah, it's fake. Why don't you understand about the word fake? <laughs> Why are you flying? I'm faking it. Oh my God. And then he flies away. <laughs> On a funny note, it's talking about that. <laughs> What's interesting about demonic possessions is that the possessed person is never said to be babbling. That's a holy thing. Oh. Whenever you're possessed by a demon, you speak different languages. Mm. But it's always a language. Whereas Christians, when they're possessed by the Holy Spirit, I guess, speak in tongues, mm. which is just um, bubble babble, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. So ultimately, both Daryl and Summers were imprisoned, which possibly wasn't fair to either man. And it might be that William Summers had never been possessed. I mean, you know, look, I don't believe he was mm. because we don't believe in demons except at midnight. Yeah. But he also might not have been faking and he also might not have been mentally or physically ill. Oh. But the possible reason is something that I'll look at in my next episode. Cliffhanger! It's because I want to insert the music. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Do that. 
Please do that. <laughs> so that was at least the beginning of demonic possession. And now I know how to hide it from people better. Hide that you are possessed or hide that you are the demon possessing? Yes. I guess we'll never know. I think that you're talking of aliens <laughs> and witchcraft. Oh, I'm getting onto witchcraft because witchcraft and demonic possession were so tied up yeah. in each other mm. that it's quite hard to separate them. Yeah. But next episode. Next. Speaking of cliffhangers, some things are nice sometimes. Yes. And I've got a nice quick and easy one, basically. I've got an Etsy shop. This isn't really a plug, but it kind of is. Speakeasy Storehouse. I'm selling dice and jewelry. But to take nice pictures of them, you kind of need to like set them up. So I bought myself like pretty things. I've got lemons. I've got a watermelon Ooh. and also some flowers. So I can set up, take nice pictures of them, but then just like, enjoy just love having flowers just got this nice vase of roses and lilies and it's just lovely to look at and it's brightening up the place that's beautiful and by watermelon you mean a real one that you can eat afterwards yeah yeah so i've, I've made this like watermelon dice set so i wanted to take a picture with an actual watermelon and also i went to the shop to look for a pumpkin and i couldn't find one <laughs> so i came back and was like alex look i've got this really weird colorful green pumpkin and he's like oh Oh, Jess, I wish you understood human fruit and vegetables. <laughs> oh, you. So we might, because we don't have a pumpkin, what we might do is carve the watermelon. <laughs> oh, I, I just love the thought of you walking in with this giant watermelon as big as you are going, it's autumnal. And look at the pumpkin it is. I don't know why I've got this accent now. It's the demons. <laughs> Possessing me, talking in another language. My head cultist, I mean my, my partner, um, Strix, that's what you call them, yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he brings me regular offerings of pumpkins. I love them. I wish I, I wish to have them. They're so cute. Oh. He'll always go out for groceries or something and then he'll return with a tiny pumpkin for me. And so my whole house is stashed with pumpkins. That's great. I, 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 want, I want one. I want, they're a nice decoration. Well... I did say about the flowers, I bought myself roses, but then Alex came back yesterday from being in town with some little lilies, and so he bought me flowers Aww. to add to my little roses, and so it's very lovely. Yeah, the offerings that our human captives appease us with is, is nice. <laughs> We're just like sitting at home going, <laughs> like, flowers. <laughs> So I think it's time for the ritual sacrifice. I mean, um, breakfast, the thing, the, hu the human thing. They call it bre break fast, I think. Mm -hmm. We should break fast. I think let's go and do that. Right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>